Blog Talk Radio.
true to what you said on paper. If I lived in China or even Russia or any totalitarian country, maybe I could understand some of these illegal injunctions. Maybe I could understand the denial of certain basic First Amendment privileges because they haven't committed themselves to that over that. But somewhere I read of the freedom of assembly. Somewhere I read of the freedom of speech. Somewhere I read of the freedom of press. Somewhere I read that the greatness of America is the right to protest far right. So that's if I say we aren't going to let any dogs or water hoses turn us around, we aren't going to let any injunction turn us around. Well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now. Because I've been to the mountaintop. gentlemen of America, this is AJC Radio, where we bring the message of justice all around the world. And you wonder what is going on and why are we playing these clips as we enter this show tonight? Hear voices that talks about justice, about the right thing, about men of honor. But tonight we expose one that is exactly the opposite. Senator Michael Bennett has thrown his hat into the race for the presidency of the United States. But we got news for you, folks. Don't trust what he's saying. Don't trust what he appears to be. Because I'll tell you right now, Senator Michael Bennett is not one for the people. He is not one for his constituents. And he has let a lot of people down and he's left a lot of people after his election in harm's way. We, we exposed the politician, Michael Bennett. Hang on, we take off right now. And there you have it. I'm Lamont Banks along with Cliff Stewart, Kendrick Barnes, Sampson Riddle, Dennis Merritt, 
and William Williams and the entire AJC radio team tonight as we have been really dealt a hand that as advocates, we are bound to address and to deal with. Uh, Senator Bennett has been really one of the worst disappointments, uh, in my opinion, uh, when it comes to doing what's right by the constituents and the folks that put him in office. And we learned a really tough lesson, and that was that perhaps if your skin color is a little darker than the other, of course you're not the constituent of Michael Bennett. And we're going to deal with that tonight, and that is a disgrace. Cliff, as we get ready to get into this, we're going to be talking about some things that were done by constituents asking for help in regards to the IRP6, uh, reaching out to say, look, there's an injustice happening here, and he turned the other way. How important is it that we get this message out? I mean, it's it's critical that this message gets out. You have, um, you know, these politicians when uh you know when you're talking about uh, people like uh michael bennett uh, i mean this is the definition of a politician it's basically if it's not going to suit him then he's not going to get involved and i was one of the ones who was uh there during the the time that we went to his office looking for help um we got done wrong by his office until we came back maybe three or four times no one would see us and then when they did finally let us in. We got uh, totally mistreated by the uh, lead counsel who talked to us via uh, video uh, call. Um, but you know, it it just showed the transparency. I, you know, you've I've seen politicians before. Typically, they'll try to you know they play politician. They try to pretend like oh well I am interested, but to just have your 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 issue thrown in your face, be told, well, you know, hey, I don't need to do anything for you, you know, quote, unquote, you people anyway, uh, because you're not my constituent. That is not supposed to be the response of your uh, local senator, your state senator. The, 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 the answer should be, what is it that I, as your state senator, can do for you that, uh, you know, can can help you? can make you understand that I am on your side, that I'm here to help you out because you are a member of the state that I serve as a, uh, as a Senator, but to be told you're not my constituent. Uh, those are some really uh, heartfelt words that make you understand that Michael Bennett is not about the people of Colorado. And I really, really doubt he'll be about the people of America trying to run for president. He is a true politician in the worst sense of the word. No, without question, and uh, I'll tell you right now uh, that these issues uh, are going to have to be addressed. We're going to address them. When you have folks that are marching, marching, the right to protest an issue in this country, and you show up outside of a senator or congressman's headquarters, you expect somebody to come out and say, look, we care about what you're dealing with. We care about what you're going through. But to be ignored, there's nothing worse than that. To be looked aside like, well, we're not worried about you. But our loved ones are suffering an injustice, and we can't come to the folks we put in Washington to say, would you at least inquire? Would you at least ask a question? 
would you at least say, I'll look into it and follow up and be true to your word? When people came out in November, of whenever you got elected, and they voted and had their ballot put their their vote put in that ballot, and then as soon as you get elected, well, I'm in now. So what what do I need to do? Unacceptable sentence. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right, Lamont. And the fact is, like, just just to to hear and read some of the stories that are going on about this guy. I mean, like you said, he he truly forgot where he came from, who put him in office. And and to to say that someone isn't a constituent based on the color of their skin, race, creed, whatever. I mean, that's that's why you're you're supposed to be a servant of the people. And the fact is, if you're not up there doing your job, serving the people, and bringing you know their issues to light, then you don't you don't deserve the office. That's just plain and simple. Well, hang on. We're going to hear back from the other host here tonight on the other side of this break, ladies and gentlemen. Michael Bennett is aimed to be seen at in Atlanta. For a CNN town hall on May 30th, I believe that is Thursday. No need to show up unless you're coming for a show. That's all it is. Comedy at its best. President's candidate Michael Bennett trying to get on the stage and the national stage at that. That is a joke. It is a disgrace. You're going to find out why on the rest of the remainder of this show. This is AJC Radio exposing a true politician tonight, Senator Michael Bennett. Tell you what, the last person you want on Pennsylvania Boulevard. We'll be right, Avenue, excuse me. We'll be right back. This is AJC Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, can I ask you a question? Did you know that there are over 2.4 million people behind bars in the United States? I'll ask you one more question. Were you aware that That is the highest number of people behind bars in the entire world. The United States makes up of only 5% of the world's population, but we have over 25% of the world's prison population. America prides itself on being the most advanced and progressive nation on earth. However, sadly, We are also the world's most archaic. I'm going to give you a personal invitation to get involved with the fight against mass incarceration. Take a few moments to call 1-855-529-4252. That is a just cause. And we fight for justice. Again, call a just cause today. Don't delay. Call 1-855-529-4252. Four two five two. It is time, and I say high time, that we take America's incarceration seriously. Won't you join us? Call today. Added to the chain. It was just a joke. We're not friends. Why are you talking to me? You started it. So gross. Lame. Loser. Weirdo. I've said and done things before that I'm not proud of. Just as I've been hurt by others. The thing is, this. 
this is not who I am. And it's definitely not who I want to be. I don't want to be cruel. I don't want to spread gossip. I don't want to be a body shaver. I don't want to exclude anyone. I don't want to make anyone feel lonely. Left out. Hurt. We have the power to be more. We can create a kinder world. It's not that hard. We just need to stop. Take a moment and consider others before we speak. And before we act. Be more. Be more. Be more. I stand for dignity. I stand for respect. I stand for fairness. Red, yellow, black, white. We're all the same color. When you turn out the light. to hear about all the great things you can do when you grow up. Hi, everyone. I'm Emily. I'm super excited to introduce my dad because he's my hero. When I was little, my dad was away a lot. But I was okay with that because he was doing this really important work, driving ambulances in Iraq. Now he's at home, which is great for me because I get to see him every day now. And he's still the biggest hero I know because... He tells all the ambulances and the fire engines where to go and rescue people when they're in an emergency. I'm so proud of him. He's awesome. He's my dad. If your service-connected disability prevents you from continuing in your civilian career, Voc Rehab offers counseling, training with a living allowance, education, and other services to help prepare you for your next mission. A Bart police officer who shot and killed a man. When I first saw the Oscar Grant footage, like a lot of people here in Oakland, I was outraged. As soon as I heard about it and I went online and I seen what had happened, tears came down my eyes. It was something that was very alarming as a police officer and as a citizen of Oakland. It was like such a blatant murder. You have a city in trauma. Anyone that's seen that and looks at it is in trauma. My hope is that people will express their concern with police brutality, but they will do so in constructive ways that don't include violence. We cannot perpetrate this cycle of harm and violence in this community. Because we do have to live here and they terrorize the city and it's only going to make it worse for us. They killed our young black You can protest, you can try to make a change, but there is a positive way you can do it. And make sure we let the police know and that we're aware that stuff ain't right out here. We're trying to fix it. In a way that is about using your voice for justice, and making Oakland a safer place for everyone to live and get along as one. Violence is not just Violence is not justice. Violence is not justice. Violence is not justice. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is AJC Radio, and tonight as we continue to address the issues, we are going to address Senator Michael Bennett right now, who threw his hat in the race for the presidency uh, of the United States. And uh, it's, uh, as you can imagine, uh, you're going to hear tonight some things he's done uh, right here to his constituents here in Colorado, uh, not only as a result of 
folks asking for his help uh, in situations that were just wrong. Uh, but then as the abuse at the Bureau of Prisons has continued on uh, for a group of people, their loved ones, uh, he has done absolutely nothing. We have been to Washington, D.C. to sit down and talk with them. Uh, it is always an excuse. It's always a reason. Well, you know, the, the senator couldn't get away. Look, we understand uh, that members of Congress get tied up. But I'm going to tell you this right now. When Congressman Charles Rangel takes time, a senior member of Congress at that time, who has since retired, took time with us to talk to us. And he was a, a tenured member of Congress for over 30 years if not longer, uh, took the time. When the CBC chair says, we got time to talk to you, and her duties are what they were, uh, and that's Congresswoman Karen Bass, let's sit down and talk. I think what you're talking about is important. How do we not get that from our elected official in, in Colorado? Every person we talk to, hey, have you talked to your Colorado representatives? The answer is we made every attempt. Just like we made attempts to talk to them, and they felt a need to listen. Senator Bennett is all fluffed. There's nothing to him when it comes to justice or judicial issues or dealing with a, the concern of constituents. That's something that we simply cannot have. We cannot sit back. And this is why our country, Dennis, I'm going to get your thoughts. This is why our country, in different areas with elected officials, nothing is done because nobody speaks up. Nobody says, oh, we shouldn't say that about the senator. We'll be talking shortly about uh, Annie, Annie um, Oatman, who I met with here in Colorado Springs, uh, who was unprofessional, uh, said, well, we need, and admitted by her own words that the rp 6 case, she knew these guys didn't do anything wrong. She had a talk with David Banks, one of the rp 5 talked to him, and she said to me, tears in her eyes, I know these men didn't do anything. But then when we come to you about the issue and say, look, this is what's going on as well. They're mistreating these guys down at the, at the Florence prison camp down there. It's always an excuse, an untruth, a lie to say, well, you know, this is, you know, we don't want to put the senator in any type of life. Where does the loyalty lie for justice? If, if Senator Bennett is wrong, I don't care who he is. He's, he, he was elected to do one thing. Exactly. I, I voted for him. I really thought that he was going to do something, and as you can see, he didn't. I mean, if uh, if I knew uh, how he was going to be as a senator, uh, if you can't if you can't uh, take care of your constituents in Colorado, what makes you think I'd vote for him as the president of this United States when he has to be, uh, you know, he has to be over. I mean, he has to lo- he has to care about all people, and if you don't care about all people, you're wasting your time. But again. Very, I'm very disappointed. I, I, when I, when I found out, I was like, wow. I mean, you could not even inquire. I mean, ask a question. That's just amazing to me. Not that, not that we expected you to do anything. Hopefully, you know, as a constituent, I did. But at least inquire. Make an inquiry. Find out what's going on. Listen to your constituents. Say, hey, let's let's look into this. Let's find out. I mean, but absolutely nothing. All I can say is, hey, I lost all, everything I thought he was. I mean, because I seriously voted for him saying, wow, this guy is going to do something for us as a people. And, of course, I was wrong. But, hey, you know, like you said, when you get in office, it's a different story. Say, hey, 
I got their votes. I don't need them anymore. Hey, I'm in office. But you will not get my vote a second time. Not well, gonna you're going to need them for re-election. I don't think most politicians come in to just serve six years and be done. I don't think so. And this is not exclusive to us. William, I'm coming to you here in a moment. But this isn't exclusive to us. But we're going to tell you what he did in the case. And Kendrick, we're going to let you chime in on it. Uh, one of the one of the RP five that suffered as a result of Senator Bennett simply not doing anything. Jesse Gruden writes says Michael Bennett is such a coward. This is social media. Says stop voting for this guy. The last communication on this page was asking for your vote. Then he disappears to make terrible decisions for his constituents. Here are the 13 Democratic senators that voted against lowering drug prices by allowing prescription drugs to be imported from Canada. Michael Bennett voted against the lowering of drug prices. So you got social media saying, wait a minute, what are you talking about? What's going on? So the lowering of drug prices is for the people that voted for you. What about the seniors? What about the vulnerable and the sick of our society that are dealing that are dealing with these issues? Somebody explain that to me. William, your thoughts? Well, you know, Dennis kind of ch- tapped on a lot of it because I was really disappointed about it. You know, to sit here and think that you voted for this man to represent you in Washington, but also to listen to your needs, listen to his constituents, and be and and have his really his ears to the ground. He needs to spend more time here with listening to us than trying to, you know run for president and so now you see real quick his agenda now has 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 come unfolded become unfolded so he cares more about this big picture and basically building himself up than the people that he's basically walking over and made these lies and false promises to saying now i'll represent you i'm listening to you you know i have the hearts of the people the ears of the people i'm here representing you you know this is just a lie this is a lie this is more of just being a politician saying the things that the people want to hear, but he's not hes not there to be an effective vote for them. He's not listening to them and being their voice when they need to, when they need it. You know what I'm saying? So like we're saying, so lowering drug prices, right now what we're dealing with in this country, as far as the cost of, med- of medical services alone, yes, you should consider that. You should think about that. Think about how it's going to impact your people. But when, basically when you look at a demographic uh, of people, a group of people, and say, listen, I'm not going to listen to you. I don't care if you're out there uh, protesting. I don't care. I mean, that's that's very bold because you would, you would at least think if somebody is out there protesting, you have a large group of people with banners, with signs, and they're, they're chanting, you, you at least want to come out and have a representative come out and say, hey, listen, what's the, what's the cause? What's the concern? What do I need to be aware of? I, I realize that there's a lot of things going on, there may be something that has fallen off the plate. What do I need to be aware of? What is your struggle? Everybody's going through a struggle. And our whole system is built and based on the fact that, hey, somebody should, should represent us, those that are struggling, those that do have concerns, in Washington. And he's not doing it at all. No, no absolutely right. Um, uh, that's absolutely right. Uh, and, and then these are things that have to be addressed. We're going to address them. I think we got a caller. Uh, Cliff, who do we have? Yes, we have uh, Kia, who is on the line, has a comment. Kia, you're live. 
Hello, thank you. Um, I was listening to you guys talking this evening about Senator Michael Bennett, and the more I listen to you talk about him, the madder I get because my father is David Banks, one of the IRP6, and I know a just cause had gone uh, to him on the behalf of my father and his friends, and I was there when we protested outside of his office in Denver, um, myself as well as the rest of the IRP6 children, and we were looking for some help for our fathers who are innocent men who went to prison for a crime they did not commit. If we can get uh, retired Judge H. Lee Sarton to take a look at the case, if we can get other attorney generals from other states, if we can get senators and congresspeople from other states to take a minute, why can't we get the senator of our own cotton-picking state to take the time to say, okay, let me see what's going on. What is this injustice they, uh, that my constituents are suffering? All of us IRP6 kids, except one, are now voting age. I can promise you we will not be voting for Michael Bennett because he does not care about his constituents. When you, We have written letters. We have gone to him, and he does not care. He will not take a moment to look at the case and see what so many other people have seen. Everybody says, what are these men in prison for? That's what we have been saying for years. Come July, my father and his friends will have been in prison for seven years. The youngest of us is 13 now. His father has been in prison since he was six. The oldest of us is 26. You can't tell me the time that we have lost, and we can't even get a congressperson, our congressperson. We're not talking about other congresspeople. I mean, they're great. Thank you for them. But I mean, our congresspeople right here in our state to take a minute and look at the case is just ridiculous. He has no business running for the presidency because if he doesn't care for the people of Colorado, he will not care for the people across the country. And thank you, Kia, for that. And uh, I'll tell you right now, uh, that's simply the truth. If I cannot go to my local representative, but you have the nerve and the audacity after what you did to the people of Colorado to say I'm throwing my hat, how, how egotistical are you? Because you know why? He doesn't believe nobody's going to call him out on his, on his stuff. He doesn't believe it. He is sadly mistaken. Because I promise you, this campaign with AJC, a Just Cause organization, it will hit all the parts of social media. Um, and we are going to address those issues. We're not going to let it go. Um, Kendrick, when you hear that, uh, this is a young lady who is, uh, of course, dealing with the, the separation of her father who believed in a system that may work let's go to our because this is what the perception is to everybody go to your congressman that most politicians congress people senators will come out their office what's the problem even if it's a photo op senator Benton didn't even do that he simply sat in his office sends his chief of staff out says deal with that but you want my vote how does that make you feel, the fact that he's running for the presidency well, after his behavior here? It embarrasses me because on, on a few occasions, as you know, we went to Washington and talked to other congressmen and senators. And the, what's the first thing he ask is, well, who did you contact in Colorado? And we can't say with pride in our own state that, hey, our senator, Michael Bennett, uh, did such, such and so-and-so. No, we have to say, well, we have to go around him because he's part of the problem. That's right. And then you want to say that he wants to be president? I, I can't understand how you say you respect – you can't respect your constitution, your own state, the constitution of the country that says you represent me. 
Right. And then I hear that you say, hey, we're not constituents. And I would like to know, and you don't give us a reason why. Well, I'm a, I'm from Colorado. We're all from Colorado. Is it is it what doesn't make us a constituent? Our skin color? Absolutely. But then you want to represent the you know us in the United States. And so where do we go then? If you won't hear your own people's state, where does the people of the United States go when they can't get answers or help from their government? And you want the head office in the state? So I'm embarrassed because I have to tell people when they say, Well, did you go to your senator? We tried. He rejected us. He says we're not his constituents. So we're just from we, – we're, we're uh, like you have people from no nation. We're people with no state because our own okay. senator won't represent us. And it's, it's despicable. It's despicable. Leslie Ella writes, we told you she would lose. You completely ignored your own constituents. You don't have any voice because you are bought off and sold out. Then you flip the vote line on your own pockets, and now we get to pay the price for your ignorant stupidity. And the unforgivable behavior of smug Colorado Democrats. You're a shameful coward and 100% unworthy of respect. These are people in Colorado who are saying, what has this guy done? Again, this isn't isolated. But you're either for the people or you're not. We, the people, vote our members of Congress in office. Not we, the white people, we, the brown people, we, the red people, we, the people. And as Kendrick just pointed out so uh, correctly, what makes me not your constituent in Colorado? We've been in Colorado since 1981. There's nothing to figure out. Ben has been in office a very short period of time. And this is something that if you let go on, if you let continue, will continue to spiral out of control. Our country is in shambles right now in a lot of areas. And you'll see sometimes, and I've I've had the privilege of watching some pretty good uh, congressmen and senators in town halls in their home state. And I'll tell you what. They were fighting and showing that they cared, showing that, look, you matter. Congressman Hakeem Jeffries, Cliff, you remember, uh, goes home to his – now, this is about being a, about your constituents. He's on the corner of every corner in his district talking to his people. And I'm not talking about in nice temperature heat. This is during the summer break in, in, in New York. And I'm telling you, humidity and all that included, he's out there and fighting I mean, for his constituents. Yeah, because you have to understand when the members of Congress, I mean, when they're in when they're in D.C., it's you know they're running, 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 voting, going back into closed sessions, trying to figure out what to change in the law to try to get these votes across. So they they are working. When they typically go back home, it's so that they can have a little time of rest. They can have a break because, I mean, these aren't eight-hour days that they do. I mean, they're doing uh, 10, 12, 14, 16-hour days. And so when they go back to their home district, uh, you know, they it's time for them to get rest. Their staff will field calls there. And sometimes, uh, you know, obviously they have to work while, while they're there because things need to be taken care of. But, yes. um, again, like you say about Hakeem Jeffries, 
he goes out, takes it upon himself to say, I need to hear from my constituents, from the people who live next door to me, the people who are around the corner, across the street, that I need to know how they are feeling about what is going on, what is the state of the United States of America. That is what a member of Congress, when he goes home, is saying, hey, I need to hear from the people who are not only my constituents, but but my neighbors. You don't get that from Senator Bennett. All you get is, uh, what do you want? Why are you here? Please give me your vote. And, oh, by the way, I'm going to do nothing for you. I'm not going to even listen to what you have to say once I'm voted in. It's a disgrace. Like Ken said, it's embarrassing. But, uh, you know, that's what we're here for, to expose to the public that these are the things that you may have heard from Michael Bennett in a campaign, some marketing commercial. These are the things that we have experienced personally from Michael Bennett and his staff. Dennis, I was just thinking, who has heard from Michael Bennett until his bid for presidency? I'm serious. You haven't heard anything from this man, period. And now that he's uh, running for president, now he's doing all these town homes, town houses, these, these meetings. And it's just so weird. It's like, really? Where, you, where have you been, though? I mean, I, I honestly could say I have not heard anything from Senator Bennett. And that's the now. thing. I mean, you, you listen to the caller. You listen to uh, what you've read, Lamont, from uh, the people on Twitter and social media. The overarching theme is that Michael Bennett is not there to hear what his people have to say. I mean, that is what everybody's complaining is. I went to him. I tried to talk to him. He didn't hear what I had to say. He wouldn't respond. He won't come out. And then, like you said, Dennis, oh, he shows up. Hey, I'm running for president. Now, where are you? What do you stand for? What will you offer to the people? And again, I mean, sure, you'll see him on some ads, but you're not going to see him uh, as they say, walking the beat, trying to figure out what's going on in his backyard. You know why? Because he doesn't consider this his backyard. He considers, hey, there's some people over there in Colorado. I live where I live, and, you know, I'm in, I'm in the nice place. I don't have any problems. So, you know, just, just vote me in and then leave me alone. Well, that's not the way it works, buddy. If you're going to be a servant of the people, then you got to come serve the people. you got to give us a reason to say we're voting you in. And right now, all my reasons say don't vote for Michael Bennett. He's full of crap. And ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get in in this conversation tonight, we're going to invite you to call 646-200-0628. 646-200-0628. Tonight as we take uh, the opportunity to show you the real Michael Bennett, and I'll tell you what, he's nothing that he appears to be and those are the most dangerous to our society and to our democratic process. This is AJC Radio. We continue this show. Michael Bennett, exposing the true politician. This is AJC Radio. We'll be right back. I stand for peace. I stand for diversity. I stand for dignity. I stand for respect. I stand for fairness.
when you turn out the light. The criminal justice system has a set of rights created to protect you. But do you think it's really protecting us? You had a right to remain silent. But that really means you had a right to be silent, doubted, interrogated, suspected. The color of your skin can and will be used against you in the court of law. In their hands, we're incarcerated five times more often than white people convicted for the same crimes. You have a right to attorney during questioning. In some states, 80% of criminal defendants can't even afford an attorney. So an overworked public defender controls your fate. One government employee, countless lives at stake. You had a right to be innocent until proven guilty. But somehow, about 47% of the wrongly convicted are black. And if they do prove you're guilty, they're going to write you a run-on sentence. On average, 20% longer than white defendants accused of the same crime. Even if you get out, you're still not free. When you're ex-con, they had a right to deny you a bank account, deny you a mortgage, deny you a job, deny your vote. And if you don't remain perfect with the smallest slip-up, smallest infraction, the most honest mistake, you're going to join us, the 80% who come back to prison within five years, as I did. That's when you realize they didn't bring us here to thrive. They brought us here to build this. The plantation and the prison are actually no different. The past is the present. It ain't no coincidence. This was the plan since abolition, to keep us subjugated by creating this system. But I believe in a different set of rights. The right to stand up and be heard. The right to perform a broken justice system and build a new future. We had the right to be silent. Now it's our right to speak up. Do you understand these rights as I read them to you? We have a big problem and we need your help. It's happening on college campuses, at bars, at parties, even in high schools. It's happening to our sisters and our daughters. Our wives and our friends. It's called sexual assault and it has to stop. We have to stop it. So listen up. If she doesn't consent, or if she can't consent, it's rape, it's assault. It's a crime, it's wrong. If I saw it happening, I was taught you have to do something about it. If I saw it happening, I speak up. If I saw it happening, I'd never blame her. I'd help her. Because I don't want to be a part of the problem. I want to be a part of the solution. We need all of you to be part of the solution. This is about respect. It's about responsibility. It's up to all of us to put an end to sexual assault. And that starts with you. Because one is too many. Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech. Do you know what this means? Do you? It means you can voice your opinion without censorship or restraint. It means you can say nothing at all. It means you can debate, protest, question, contribute, whenever, wherever. Take it. Embrace it. Say it out loud. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. 
or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. I wanted to be in the military since I was since I was a kid. I served in the United States Air Force. I served a total of 16 years. I was deployed uh, 13 times. On my second deployment, four bombs hit my vehicle. And at 19 years old, that's the first time I ever saw somebody die. Coming back, I was raging. I started having pretty horrible nightmares. I would wake up in the middle of the night, sweats. I started drinking a lot. I felt worthless. I guess I never recognized it in myself. Eventually, one day, I just walked into the VA hospital and said I'd like to see somebody. Don't suffer alone. You got to find that link with somebody. It'll make you let it go. It all starts with going to the VA. There's a whole community of veterans that just want to help you out. It's for the guys who couldn't come back, so you owe it to them to live well, because they're not here with their families. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio tonight as we are discussing uh, Senator Michael Bennett, uh, the latest uh, hat thrower in the presidential race. And I'll tell you what, tonight we deal with really the true Michael Bennett. Uh, A lot of folks across the country are not aware of who he is. Uh, It's our job as advocates to pull the cover, to say that Mr. Bennett, as he gets in politician form uh, and really try to impress the folks in Atlanta on Thursday night, uh, CNN allowing him to have a town hall there at that time. Uh, So this is something that's critically important. Uh, And you see it as the thing begins to build, the number of people in the race begin to talk out and all of a sudden you see, you're like, who is that guy? That Senator who? Because I remember that when we needed him the most, this man you see on television pretending uh, to be a presidential candidate is a joke. He's not going to do anything. He's just not going to do anything. So, uh, Samson, when you, look, we've been wa- we've been watching politics a long time. Uh, I have been doing it for most of my adult life. And, you know, they got the suits pressed really nice. The shirt is starched. And they'll, it's like you're in theater with some of this stuff. And so, Senator Bennett, perhaps he's a, uh, an actor. Well, I mean, yeah, you, you, hit, you hit the nail on the head right there, Lamont, and the fact of the matter is, I mean, he, do, he does, it reminds me of like a scene from like The Greatest Showman. It's truly what it, it really looks like. This guy, he's up there, he's put on an act. He's using all these smoke and mirrors, saying all the right buzzwords for all this all the topics that people truly want to address. But when it comes down to, you know, the meat and potatoes of the issues, he's nowhere to be found. You know, um, he, he set off a good spiel. He talked a good game. He ran a good campaign back when he first got elected. And ever since then, the people of Colorado, by evidence here of 
you know, some local families that we have affected, he's nowhere to be found. He's nowhere to step up to the plate and do what needs to be done. Well, this comes from ColoradoPolitics.com, and they write this about Senator Michael Bennett. uh, Says he hates giving speeches. Senator Bennett says he hates giving speeches on the Senate floor, much less to his constituents in Colorado. His statement angered Coloradans, rightfully, but who can blame him when his voting record stands in contrast with the will of his constituents? Bennett's record indicates that he cares more about refugees, Gitmo detainees of Iran, than he does about global security, veterans' health care, and our constitutional rights. His record is dangerous, and Coloradans need to be armed with the facts on his failure to keep us safe. And so, again, that's an opinion uh, a piece of it. We'll go back to it that was written at uh, But how do you make that statement? I hate giving speeches, but especially to Colorado. How is that supposed to fare well for you? One thing is, if you're talking truthfully, why would you hate speaking in front of your constituents in the public? So it's, it's something to me like you can't make nothing up and you don't have nothing to say, so I don't want to talk in front of you. But now that he wants to be president, that's going to change. Uh, it's going to change, and you you can't hide behind uh, a non, uh, you know being uh, non-accessible because he's very non-accessible. You, you can't do that. You need this. People need to know where you're coming from, and I think a lot of the issue is he may know when the truth comes out about him, he may lose a lot of voters and a lot of interest, and that's just my view. No, no, absolutely right. Is that you can't make these statements. You know, in politics. Especially presidential politics. They will pull a reel on a VHS or an 8-track if they could find it of what you said or what you've done. So how do you think that – but I think the saddest of this is, is, is this. We have five guys that – six guys that were wrongfully convicted in the state of Colorado, now known as the IRP5. See, they weren't asking for any favors. They asked you to listen. They asked you, would you help us? Where else are constituents supposed to go when the system has done the, the very unjust things that were done to the IRP6 case? There are people that are talking more. I'm talking to live in other states who felt compelled to say something. Actually, Sarakin was one of those folks. He wasn't a native of Colorado. He wasn't a native of the song that was written because of the beauty of Colorado. He saw an injustice. He had no dog in the fight, and he still said, let me take a look. And that is, a, that is developed into a huge support for the IRP-5 and the injustice suffered by these men. Let's hear his words briefly. And if Senator Bennett is listening tonight, this is how an elected official, and Ashley Serkin is not, but this is what you should be saying in support of those that you represent in your district. Let's hear it. I think an appellate court would do one of two things. They'd either order that the transcript be produced uh, or they'd have to reverse. You know, it would baffles me as to why anyone would deny that motion. Uh, 
inconceivable to me that a judge would say, no, you can't have the record of this trial. It's inconceivable to me in this day and age in the federal court, particularly in Colorado, by the way, which I think has sort of advanced when it comes to computers, that they don't have an alternate way uh, to maintain the, the record. And uh, the fact that the court reporter doesn't have it or hasn't typed it up, um, as everybody says, is inconceivable. So there's, this record exists somewhere, uh, yes. and, and for some reason, the, they're resisting producing it, and I think is a fair inference. And that's why that particular segment of the testimony of the transcript is so important, because if, if that weren't the contention and there's something missing, appellate court is liable to say, well, unless there's some prejudicial error involved, what difference does it make? But this is so critical that that's why they want it, and that's what the big fuss is about, and legitimately so. Well, there you have it, folks. The words of retired federal judge Ashley Sarakin, no dog in this fight. Four members of Congress formed a letter, led a letter to the Department of Justice about the injustice suffered by these men and the conduct of a federal judge. They felt a need to draft a letter and send it to the Department of Justice and Michael Bennett's signature was not on that letter he was asked to sign off on that letter after much pressure uh, to his assistant Annie Oakman Gartner in the Colorado Springs offices, who I've met with personally, the lady who teared up, remembered David Banks coming into her office, saying, we didn't do anything here. Will you help us? She teared up with David Banks. Teared up with me. I don't believe they did anything wrong. It's so tragic, she said. Not one finger lifted to make a difference. The folks in the Washington offices for Senator Bennett, we scheduled an appointment with them, told them we would go public with the failure to act by the office of Senator Bennett. Oh, no. Uh, Of course, you're our constituents. I said, that's what we were told, that we were not. But politically, uh, it's needful to say that now. But I'd like to look at Senator Bennett's face and say, do I need to go do a bleach job to be heard? Does my color need to be different to be heard? The tears of children falling down their cheeks crying, asking for help, as we heard from Kia tonight. 
saying, going up there, believing again in the institution of government. Our senator will do something. It's a joke. And let me be clear. Every senator and congressman is not like that. Tonight, we pull the curtain back on Senator Bennett as he prepares his attire for a town hall Thursday night meeting on CNN in Atlanta to come out and continue telling more lies. Because I guarantee you, folks, it's a performance. Senator Bennett has lied to the level. He deserves an Oscar. He deserves some Hollywood performance award. And that's no disrespect to the Oscar. Those, those awards are for good actors. Senator Bennett is nothing more than an actor. Cliff, we have a caller? Yes, we have uh, June has a comment about the show tonight. June, thanks for calling. You're live. Hi. I just wanted to say I was a part of that march at Michael Bennett's office, and we were out there so long marching around, and I remember he didn't say anything. He didn't come out, and even if he wasn't there, why didn't he say, oh, I'll call you back. I'll get in touch with you, but he didn't do that. We also sent emails, uh, regular mail letters to him. We called his office, and he did nothing. I don't understand how he can call himself a politician who wants to help people when he, would, when he did nothing, didn't try to do anything, didn't want to do anything. And I also voted for him, but I will never vote for him again uh, because he's about himself. He's what I used to call a typical politician, one that wants a vote, wants the public attention, but don't want to be bothered with the people. And it's a tragedy. And thank you for taking my call. And thank you, Joan. And I'll ask a question. I would have, I would have, I would have asked her had I caught her in time. Uh, when you went out there to march, you would like to believe you believed in something. So go out there and Cliff. I don't know the month or was it that hot out there at that time or. Uh, if you're out here marching, and uh, if, if it is an uncomfortable situation, um, you believe that he you you voted for him, so you had to have believed he cared. But in reality, he didn't. Um, it's tragic. One gentleman writes on social media. I have no patience for political cowards. I mean, these are people on social media. Aaron Betcher writes, first thing you do when you get back to Washington is vote against allowing cheaper drugs for people that are already getting the biggest pinch from Big Pharma because you're on the payroll, but you pretend to care about people. You are a disgrace. One other one writes, Deanne Michelle writes, wanted a voice to voice my disappointment in your no vote on Bernie's amendment that could have helped people like me, a stage three cancer survivor, to get the medication that I might need to stick around for my two children. Hope that sits well on your conscience. Shame on you. I mean, folks, we're not, we're talking about outside of the RP6, and that's, we're going to deal with that even more on this show tonight. 
this is not isolated. This lady says, you could have done something that would have kept me around for my two kids. But the first thing you see on an infomercial with elections, somebody picking up a baby. Somebody putting their arms around a toddler. But in reality, Senator Bennett, you wanted to take this lady's life early because you don't want to vote for the medication that would have saved her? I'm sorry. If you, if you can't deal with the criticism, you shouldn't be in politics. You're going to be called out. William, your thoughts? You know, I was just thinking when the caller called in, I said, you know, for a march to take place, you know, there's probably many attempts made to contact him, to contact his office about what's going on. And, you know, so it shows his pattern, his pattern of just not being involved, not caring. And so finally a group of people get together and they're saying, listen, you know, we're passionate about what we're standing for and what we're standing for is very important. And we need to, we need someone to hear us. Our voice needs to be heard. And so finally they they assemble themselves and they say, you know, and start marching and still he ignores them. I mean, that shows the pattern. I mean, you know, I was just, I was just sitting there thinking about that. You don't know how many attempts that were made to contact him, contact his office, you know, and, and to the point where people just get, get pissed off and they just say, listen, we're going to go down here. We're going to march because it's obvious you don't want to listen to us. And so when you show that pattern and then as you're reading these, these snippets off of social media, people are saying, you know, he's a coward. I have no, I have no place for a coward. A coward has no voice. And then even by his own admission saying he doesn't like speaking on the house floor. Well, then if you don't like speaking for yourself, you're not going to like speaking for anybody else. No, for sure. Uh, and thanks for that point, William. Cliff, we have a caller. Yes, we have Gina who has a comment about this subject. Gina, thanks for calling. You're live. Hi, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Hey, so I've been listening to the show and I'm, and I'm, I'm thinking how in the world can you know how to vote for people unless you talk to them? You know, how do you know how to go to the floor and, and petition for certain things unless you, you talk to your people who you represent? I remember um, many times reaching out to people in D.C., and basically they tell you, did you talk to your senator? Did you talk to the one in your, in your state where you are a resident? And um, you go to his office. I was one of the people who went for support, not just for the, uh, for the march, but for two additional meetings that would happen before that. So William was saying something about people going up there and how many attempts were made. Sitting in his one of his conference rooms, there had to be 15, 20, I don't know, there was over 10 of us in that room waiting and asking them, can we just have a meeting? We weren't asking for any particular action. Can we just tell you what we're here about? Can you just hear us out? Because we've tried and tried and tried, and everybody says, go to your senator in your state, and they should be able to help you. So we believed in that, and we tried to do it. So, yes, you're right. By the time we got ready to march, we were fed up with it. Can't you even address the fact or, or, or just say, yeah, this group is present. I'm going to hear them out. It must be important. There's so many people here. What's going on? But we got none of that. 
So I'm very disappointed in that in, in our representative. I don't think he represents me. I don't think he represents the best interests of Colorado. I don't think he will ever be able to represent the best interests of the United States of America. So, so for that reason, he will not be president as far as I'm concerned. But I just wanted to make that comment that it's very disheartening when you say, you you know, these things are supposed to work. Other people tell you it's supposed to work, and they don't. No, absolutely right on that. Thank you for taking my – yeah. Yes, thank you so very much. Let me ask you a question, though, Gina, really quick. Uh, As we said earlier, we believe that the people that that took time out of their schedule to go march, you had to believe in something. You had to believe that we're going to get something done. Otherwise, you're not motivated to go. The last oh, definitely. How surprised were you of the blatant disregard for who you were as a human being, as an American citizen, uh, as an African-American woman, to say you don't matter? What did that do? I was, sh- I was shocked and I was angry because the trips that the people took off from work, Um, people, uh, basically there were, like I said, we went up there multiple times before we marched. By the time we marched, we were fed up. So when we went one time, I remember one group went, we were people dressed in suits. I mean, goodness gracious, we didn't look like bombs. We went up there representing, we are, you know, contributing citizens in this state, taking off time from work. And we're sitting in this conference room, and she sent some person in there from the staff to talk to us. Did they ask us what were the issues? Maybe briefly, but I think more than anything, it felt like we were imposing upon them. You know, what are you doing here? You don't have an appointment. No. Can't you just walk into the office, tell you guys what's going on? We weren't asking you to do anything at this point. We just want to give you the information. Can you listen to us? That's what we were saying. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for your comments, uh, you know, on that. Um, and it's true, you know, in Washington, thank you, in Washington, D.C., they have a sign-in book that you sign into when you arrive. You don't need an invitation. We've seen folks come in and meetings, Cliff, that we were going to, and we'd walk in and they say, oh, these constituents are coming in. Let them pass. There is no, do you have an appointment? We're going to deal with that here in a moment, Cliff. We got a we have another caller. Is that right? Yes, we have uh, Pastor Banks has a comment about what's going on tonight. Thanks for the call. You are live. Yes, thanks for taking my call. As I sit here and listen to all of the things that has been done to us, to my son, to the other men who worked hard to try to do something for the government. Um, I am appalled at what I hear. It makes me sick to my stomach to see a person sitting in an office in this in this state who's not worth anything. I agree with the person on social media. He is the king of cowards. But you know what? I don't just believe he was a coward just to be a coward. I think my own personal belief and opinion is apparently he had a part in putting our guys in prison. And his connection with all of those who come together against these guys to put them in prison, they all, they were united in this state. 
How in the world can you have 21 agents raid an office and come in and do what they did to these guys and not know about that? That is impossible. He knew about it all along. Then when we went to him for help, he, he's a part of the group that sent them there and was determined he was going to hold his ground. He was going to ignore us. Well, you're not going to get away with ignoring us because we're going to fight this thing to the bitter end. And Senator Bennett, I am sure at some point when this thing is all of what it really is, you will be one of the people that's on that list. How can we go to Washington and that some congressman there took this case and put it before their whole pool of lawyers? And they come back and said, where is the crime? We went to other major law firms who said, there's no crime here. And one of the people that we really respect more than anybody was Judge Serican. When he told us, he said, I'm, look, I'm going to look at your case. And he said... If I find that you guys are lying about anything, he said, I promise you I will drop it and not have nothing to do with it. After he read this, this, after he read the transcript and went over the case, he concluded that there was no crime committed here. These people wouldn't even give, a, give the guys their transcript where they violated them in court. We had a judge there who done everything she could to be sure they went to prison. We had a prosecutor, Matt Kirsch, and Judge and Judge uh, Arguello. They'd done everything they could to put these guys in prison. And when it was time for them to present their case and the evidence, we can't allow the jury to hear that. Why not? And you done portrayed us to the jury as a bunch of crooks and liars, but now we have the evidence to support the fact that none of these things are true, but you can't let the jury hear it. What kind of trial is that? Something is wrong with that picture. And it makes me sick when I think about it. And if all if, if you've got lawyers on the hill are reviewing the whole case and see the injustice, why wouldn't Senator Bennett sitting up in uh, sitting here in Denver, why wouldn't he at least listen to us? He didn't want to. He was a part of it. I would I would put my head on a, on a chopping block that for sure he played a part. Because why did you put us away? Why would you come out? We're marching in front of your office. And then your chief of staff tell us we're not his constituents because we're black. Well, black people vote for him. But we're going to do everything in our power to be sure they don't do it again. Every time I see him on TV talking about running for president, I thought, are you kidding me? If you can't back your own constituents in this in this state, God forbid what you would do, uh, do to the American people as a whole. I am saddened by this situation. I taught my kids and, and preached message in the church for how we ought to respect the law and how we, ought to, uh, how we have a justice system. Oh, my God, was I completely blown out of the boat to see there is no such thing as a justice system in this country. We're, we're kidding ourselves. If they just want to come after you and put you in jail, these guys had a dream, and it was for the benefit of their country. And they sacrificed time and time again 
so that they could give this, and Homeland Security had called them there on several occasions. You are not going to tell me all of this was going on from this state, and Senator Bennett sitting up there looking like a mouse, exactly what he is, and doing nothing about it. You knew about this case. You know those guys were innocent. The whole thing was you was determined you weren't going to let black guys do it. And you proved that you were racist when you wouldn't even give us the time of day and wouldn't even come in to talk to us. When they fly to Washington to, to, to talk to you in Washington, you was busy all of a sudden. You were going to a meeting after we made appointments. Senator, I mean, Senator Bennett, may God judge you and give you justice for what you have done and fail and failing in a miserable way. And rest assured, if you do what's right, the God we serve is going to bring it around at some point in time. And I guarantee you, He's going to judge you for what you did to us when you could have helped those men not to be in prison, but you couldn't do that because you helped to put them there. Thanks for taking my call. And thank you, Esther Banks. And uh, we want to get into more discussion on this uh, here momentarily. Folks, feel free again to dial in 646-200-0628. That's 646-200-0628. We continue to do what advocates do. That is the sound, the alarm, wherever you find injustice or corruption. Senator Michael Bennett, who you will see Thursday night on CNN, he's an actor. A performance will take place there. But make no mistake about it, the real Michael Bennett will not be present. But the political actor to get a vote will be. We continue the exposing of Senator Michael Bennett, the real politician, exposed. This is AJC Radio. We'll be right back. Do you know anyone who's been sent to prison who's innocent? The United States is experiencing record numbers of exonerations in cases where people were wrongfully convicted of crimes they did not commit. If you believe that no one should be sent to prison for crimes they didn't commit, there is something that you can do today. By remembering a just cause with a monthly, annual, or one-time donation, you can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call a just cause at 855-529-4252 or visit a-justcause.com and click the donate button. A just cause is a 501c3. Wrongful convictions are wrong. Let's be the voice of those who can't speak from behind the wall. Because I'm 16, I can't drive at night. Because I'm 16, I can't work past 10 o'clock on a school night. Because I'm 16, I can't get a cell phone contract without my parents. Because I'm 16, I can't get a flu shot without my mother's consent. At 16, I'm not old enough to watch an R-rated movie alone. Because I'm 16, I can't buy a lottery ticket. I can't vote. I can't drink. I can't smoke. I can't join the military. Because I'm 16, I can't sit on a jury, but I can be tried as an adult. I can get a lifetime criminal record. If I get arrested, my parents don't have to be notified. Because I'm 16, my mother had to sign this consent form so that I could participate in this video. But I can go to an adult prison. 
but I can go to Rikers Island. But I can be sent to Attica. My name is Michael Corriero. I was a judge for 28 years in the criminal courts of the state of New York. New York is one of only two states in the entire nation that automatically tries children as young as 16 as adults. We need to change that. Last week, my father sent me to my room. Next week, a judge could sentence me to an adult prison. We need to judge children as children. It's time to raise the age of criminal responsibility in New York. I'm a mother. I'm a father. I'm a sister. A registered nurse. I serve my country in the United States military. I'm your neighbor. I sit next to you at church. And my child was arrested, held in custody, questioned without my knowledge, exposed to violence, witnessed to rape, placed in solitary confinement, unable to call or see me, shackled to a wall, beaten, sentenced as an adult at age 17, sentenced as an adult at age 16, sentenced as an adult at age 15. We felt lost, isolated, ostracized, misjudged, terrified. And in the absence of all hope, my child took his own life. And then I found the Alliance for Youth Justice. They gave me the support and resources to get through one of the most difficult times in my life. Now I know I'm not alone. And neither are you. Now we have a voice. Now we, we have, have power. power. In numbers. In numbers. In numbers. We, we can, can make a difference. There are approximately 2 million children in the juvenile and criminal justice system in this country. These are the faces of those families. If you are the family member of a child who has been in the justice system, or if you are someone who supports this movement and is ready to make a difference, visit the Campaign for Youth Justice at www.campaignforyouthjustice.org. Say goodbye to affordability and say hello to losing control. Discover Price Gougesol, the latest outrageously expensive drug from Big Pharma. It's impossible to afford and reverses the ability to pay other bills. Because drug companies raise prices to pay for commercials like this one, side effects may include overdrawn bank accounts, bad credit scores, higher health care costs, children who don't get Christmas presents, and in some cases, the need to stop taking your medicine. If you experience any of these side effects, contact your financial advisor right away. Out-of-control drug costs are no joke. Yet nine of the 10 biggest pharma companies spend more on advertising than research and development. Let's solve the cost crisis now. Visit csrxp.org. You must have thrown a thousand pitches teaching him to hit a home run. Spent countless Saturdays running routes so he could learn to hit an open receiver. Endless afternoons teaching him how to hit the three-pointer. But how much time have you spent teaching him what not to hit? Teaching boys that all violence against women is wrong is one of the most important things a man can do. Learn how to start the conversation at teachearly.org. Brought to you by Futures Without Violence and the Ad Council. Did you know that over 1.5 million children in America have parents who are incarcerated? These children cope with the pain through drugs, 
alcohol, anger, and violence. It is so important. So important. It is so important for communities to provide preventative and intervention services. Don't make them do it alone. Become a part of the community. Community. The community. Become a part of the community. back, ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio tonight as we are dealing with an issue that a lot of folks don't like talking about. They tend to sweep it under the rug, turn the other way. We can't do it as advocates for justice and advocates for the people of this country. We will continue to uncover things that go hidden, that go unreported. Tonight we deal with Senator Michael Bennett, Colorado, Democrat of Colorado, that has that has simply ignored the the request of his constituents that have hurt and brought harm to families. For one thing, his failure to act, his failure to care, his failure to say when a group of people came together to say we want your help. Senator Bennett, uh, there have been protesting going on in this country for a very long time. That's been in front of courthouses. It's been in front of offices of congressmen and senators. And in most cases, somebody comes out to say something. Not in the case of Michael Bennett, Senator Bennett. And uh, it's a disgrace. And the people have been, you've been hearing from tonight have made those statements. Cliff, we have another caller to chime in on this conversation. Yes, we have uh, Michelle has a comment about this conversation. Thanks for calling, Michelle. You're live. Hi, thank you for taking the call. Um, I was at the protest, and I'm really disturbed by the fact that we constantly reached out to the senator for help, and he did nothing, and he completely ignored us. We had people on the street that were supporting what we were there for, and we couldn't get one person from the senator's office to come out. And I know that they knew we were here. We had reached out to them time and time again. He had Senator Bennett has no business representing the U.S. when he refuses to represent his own constituents in Colorado. He is a waste of time. He has, they should boot him from being a senator. He does nothing. He picks and chooses who he wants to help. And I completely agree with the previous caller, Pastor Banks, that he would be a part of this to send those innocent men. How did he not feel a sense of urgency? When these men were fighting for their lives, they're innocent men. The fact that 21 agents came to a business in Colorado, he, he had to have heard something about that. You don't have the FBI swarm a tiny business that didn't even have 21 people there, and you don't know about it? I am very disgusted. I can't believe he's got the nerve to even try to run for president. He absolutely will not get my vote. I am glad you guys are bringing this up. People need to know who the real Senator Bennett is. I'm tired of these people when they're trying to get into office, you know, kissing babies, shaking hands. What do you do when your constituents have problems? That's what matters. I don't need you kissing my baby. I need you to do something for me when something is wrong. 
I'm tired of the games. He's got no business. He has no business being in office, period. And I, I'm so glad y'all are bringing this to the forefront. Thank you for your time. And thank you for the call. And, you know, you know ahead, Mark, just to uh, to a couple of points that Michelle made there. You know, we at uh, Just Calls um, did a study because, you know, you take the point about 21 agents raiding a small business in Colorado Springs, of all places. And you have to understand the news in Colorado Springs. We did a little background research on what was on the news the day that the IR, that uh, IRP Solutions was raided by 21 FBI agents. Do you know what the headline news that day? Headline, as in, this is what we're going to be showing tonight at 10. This is the most important thing going on in Colorado Springs today. Headline, an otter had escaped from the zoo and they hadn't found it yet. Now, you're telling me it is more important to the people of Colorado that a water weasel had escaped from the local zoo and could not be found. That's more important than the fact that uh, 21 armed FBI agents raised a small minority business. Those are the type of things that, that you know, when we tell you, oh, the media is uh is in check is uh biased is under control of the politicians and the good old boys club in Colorado Springs you tell me what is more interesting news hey the otter that escaped a couple weeks ago we haven't found him yet but not the fact that a small minority owned business had been raided these are the things that when people you know uh talk to us in Colorado and say what is going on there? We had a journalist from Kansas City that came up, that walked around with us the day of that raid. His question to me was, where, I mean, not the day of the raid, the day of the march at Senator Bennett's office. And his question to me, I mean, it's the middle of the day, in the middle of March. Nothing's going on that day except, you know, it's close to St. Patrick's today, the uh, St. Patrick's Day at lunchtime. There's nothing going on in March in in, uh, Colorado, but at lunchtime, there's a demonstration in front of the senator's office, and you can't get one movie camera out there, but you want us to accept the fact that uh, the media is not biased. You look at Senator Bennett, he showed his bias when he said, well, you know, in, in, in my words, you group of black people coming here making complaints or asking for something up at my office. You're not my constituents anyway. I don't really need to answer you. And then you have the media when we went to uh, CBS Channel 4 and said, do you not see that there is a demonstration less than a block away from your studio? And the response was, yeah, we saw it, but we're not going to cover it. it. And no explanation as to why. Lunchtime in Colorado, you're going to give a traffic update that, hey, some people are out getting lunch and nothing else is going on. But you can't cover a protest at the uh, at the the federal senator's office there in downtown Denver. These are the things that make us say that the this the political system in Colorado has totally been out of shape. And Michael Bennett, we believe, is uh, ahead of that. I mean, he is a serious part of the problem. And again, the callers that we have, the uh, accounts on Twitter say that, uh, you know, Michael Bennett does not listen to the people that come to him for help. That is the overshadowing issue with Senator Bennett. And that just simply should not be the case. 
Uh, how do you ignore people? What, what are you in the job for? I mean, this everybody knows serving in Congress and the United States Senate is of is that's of that's of service to the people, for the people, and I'm appalled at the fact that the local media, because this is the center, we shouldn't cut. You're supposed to cover news. And you're telling me a sitting senator in the United States Congress of the United States office being protested in that state is ignored. That doesn't make any sense. I guarantee you that's not the case. And Senator Bennett, did you have your people make a call to the media? Who's bought and paid for in your office? What groups are bought and paid for in your office? I've seen uh, protests. At, we've seen protests in Washington outside of people's offices on Capitol Hill that get major national news coverage because this is a sitting senator or congressman. I've seen it where they have gone home on, on vacation or recess. And they're in their districts, and and their constituents are upset. It's getting national coverage at those at those offices. We saw that with uh, with the vote for the Supreme Court nominee, and there were some issues there, and people were outraged, and they were covering that cliff all over the country. But you tell me, you don't take the time to cover it in the state of Colorado when you have these people marching. Asking for justice because their loved ones are locked up. Annie Oatman Gardner, the lady in the Colorado Springs office, when I told her what we intended to do, the Bureau of Prisons has been abusing and abusing their power over and over again. They have targeted the families of the RP5, they have harassed the, the inmates in that prison. They took my visit from my brother without cause. Other members of Congress said, let us look into this. Let us make some phone calls. I can't get Miss Oatman Gardner to speak a truthful statement. And I would call day after day, what's going on with my visit? Not to remind, not to forget, this was right after the death of, of inmate Banks, David Banks' sister. Who just passed away We said we need to do something Annie They denied David Banks The right to bury his sister Not a distant sister Sister came up to that prison Every other week to see him I said will you help Oh I know I know That's not good enough Who takes action A true senator for the people Probably would have said on my next on my next trip back weekend that I leave Washington D.C. set an appointment with these men, set an appointment with the Just Cause organization. Let's find out what's going on. You're not going to tell me that a senator does not have the power to pick up a phone and ask a question of what are you doing to his constituent in that state. I'm sorry, I don't buy it. Oh, 
over and over again, email after email to Miss Miss Gartner. Have you heard anything? What's going on? Well, they said that uh, visiting is a privilege. It's not a is 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 is, a, is not a right. It's a privilege. I said to them, pull the tape to confirm their allegations against me disrupting visitation are true. I said, if you find anything on that tape, send a letter from the senator's office. They can, they can demand that footage be seen as a senator or congressman. Not one push, nothing. To this day, I have not seen my brother since the death of my sister in November of last year. Who will cry out against the abuse? Senator Bennett will not. But you wanted my vote. You wanted the vote of those that have said they have voted for you. But you ignore what matters. That is a disgrace. Cliff, do we have another caller? Yes, we have. uh, Ethel has a comment. Ethel, thanks for the call. You're live. Yes, hi. Um, thank you so much for taking my call. I just wanted to say that um, when when we did the marches um, up in um, about in front of Senator Bennett's office, there was you know a, a group of us out there marching. We had myself and two other people had gone to Washington D.C. and spoken with one of the prominent lawyers there, Vernon Jordan. We sat with him and we explained to him what was going on, what had been done to the RP6 and everything. This man says, oh, my God, he said, you need to talk to your senator. Have you reached out to your senator? And we explained to him that we were not, have not been able to reach him. He will not return our, any of our calls or anything. He picks up the phone and calls Senator Bennett's office directly, talks to his uh, secretary there, and tells him, I have three people from Colorado who are Bennett's constituents who need to talk to him immediately. This is very important. Well, she calls him back a little bit later because she had gone in and talked to him and explained to him what this was about and so forth. So she tells us, well, he'll be able to talk to you because he's in flight now on his way back to Denver. Well, and you will get an appointment when you get there. Well, when we get to Denver, we're waiting for an appointment. We're calling. We can't get an appointment. Finally, they tell us he's on his way back to D.C., So we don't get an appointment with Bennett. It was a lie from the jump. And so we're out here. We're marching. We're doing everything that we've been told that we even can can figure out to do. When Vernon Jordan said you need to beat down walls, you need to beat down doors, that's what we were doing. We were beating down those walls and those doors right there at his office. And nobody, nobody would, would listen, nobody. We made, I don't know, seven, eight, ten trips to his office. We had anywhere from uh, 10 to 15 or 20 people sitting in his office, knocking on his door saying, could you just get him on video conference so we can talk to him? No, his chief of staff comes on, and he tells us, well, we can't help y'all. You know, you're not, you're not, you're not Senator Bennett's uh, uh, constituents anyway. And, and, and we can't do anything for you. What are you talking about? We voted this man in office. Why can't he do anything for us? And, you know, I was thinking when, when Pastor Banks was talking and she said that Bennett was a part of this 
And you know what? That is why when Vernon Jordan called his office, he did not want to respond because he was a part of it all along. That's why he did not reach out to us. We have beat down his door. We have been in these people's face. They have given us nothing. I'm telling you, emails, phone calls, trips up there, the marching, everything. Senator Bennett is not worth the salt in his bread. He is worthless. He's a coward. He is a nothing. I don't even know why he puts two legs in a pair of pants. He is nothing. And I'm telling you, the IRP6, this case is so huge. It was everywhere. And like Cliff was saying, I was there with him when we went to one of the uh, three of the different uh, stations there and talking to them about this case. Nobody wanted to hear it. Nobody cared. And so, Senator Bennett, for you to run for president and expect to get our vote, there is just no way on this earth that he would get a vote from me. And I just want to thank you for taking my call. All right. Thank you for calling. And the passion is clear, folks. Uh, this is unacceptable. Uh, you, you, you just can't wrap your hands around the fact that this comes out of the mouth of one who was voted in office by the people he rejects. Your thoughts, Samson? Yeah, just, I mean, just listening to the, the, the passion and Everyone's voice is called in tonight. Everyone that's that been affected by this. I mean, we have an entire church community, families, children. I mean, like for him to be able to say, not even directly him now, by the way, but to have someone in his office say that they're not his constituents, to sit up there and be some spineless jellyfish once the people of your home state put you in office. I mean, it's completely unacceptable. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I had a little bit of a chuckle when he said, I don't know why he puts two legs in a pair of pants. It's absolutely right, because why does he get up and go to work in the morning every single day if he's not going to represent the people that he was elected to represent? If he's not going to get up there and do his job, any other job in the country, he's going to get fired. And I think that's what we, you know, as, as an organization, that's why we're out here. We're out here bringing, you know, this information to our audience. We're bringing this information to light and the fact that we need to be vocal about getting Bennett out of getting Bennett out of office and definitely not voting for this man in the presidential election. I hope he doesn't even make it to the primary, much less anything else. But I mean, you can hear it in in the voice of every guest. This man's useless. He's he's underhanded, two faced, whatever you want to call him. He's he's just not he's not worth his salt. No, absolutely right. And and these are things again, folks, that uh uh we just don't expect in coming from the legislation. It's not something we respect. We're going to take a quick break. The other side of the break, we'll continue this discussion. Senator Michael Bennett, pages upon pages of social media, folks all over the Colorado area uh, that feel a sense of betrayal uh, as a result of what Senator Bennett has done. We cease to be advocates if we fail to speak out. That will not happen here. This is AJC Radio. Exposing the true politician, Michael Bennett, and showing uh, that he's not taken seriously on any level as the president of the United States and that election approaches. This is ABC Radio. We'll be right back. 
Sergeant Michelle Garcia served meritoriously in Iraq and has the medals to prove it. Soon after leaving the Navy, Lieutenant Chris Scott found a job, a home, and started a family of his own. Foreman Richard Stokely took the skills he learned in Vietnam and put them to good use as a paramedic. But soon after leaving the military, each of these veterans fell on hard times and faced homelessness. Even after Michelle lost all her savings, even after Chris wasn't able to pay his mortgage, and even after Richard battled alcoholism for years, they each reached out for help when they needed it most. A simple phone call put them in touch with a trained professional from the Department of Veterans Affairs. That call got Michelle a place to stay until she could afford one of her own, put Chris in touch with employment assistance, and found Richard a substance abuse program. These veterans are success stories, not only for how they were able to help others while serving their country, but for how they were able to let others help them. If you know of or are a veteran in need, make the call. There's a lot of mud when it rains here and it makes it really hard to find food. There are car bombs every day. My mom worries about me when I go out. Every time I hear the alarm bell go off from school, I think it's an air raid. Sometimes I have nightmares about it. A lot of houses in our neighborhood have been destroyed. I like to close my ears and sing songs whenever the bombs come close. My dad says we have to leave, which makes me scared. I'm worried our new neighbors won't like us. What if they don't understand our religion? Because we don't speak the language, it might be hard for me to make friends. But I know it's all going to be okay. It's all going to be worth it. I just want my family to be safe. But these are not my words. These are not my words. These are not my words. Do you have a big brother? Well, I have a big brother, and I'm pretty sure that you and I experienced some of the same things with a big brother. Big brothers will always be big brothers, right? I'm sure you'll agree. Well, my brother gets up in the morning. He takes a shower, heads to work, and at some point during the day, he's going to exercise and get that workout, as we all do. And of course, depending on what's going on, he's going to sit down for two or three meals during the course of his day. And also, depending on what else is going on, he'll probably get caught up on current events and maybe take a few moments to turn a page in a book. How about your big brother? Some of the same stuff, right? Oh, did I mention that my big brother does all of that stuff, but he actually has to have permission a lot of times before he can do it. You see, my big brother was wrongfully convicted of a crime that he did not commit. That's right. That may sound shocking, huh? He's in prison. Wrongful convictions impact families in ways you cannot begin to imagine. But I've decided that I'm going to do something about it. And I extend an invitation to you to come on board and join me in this fight. You see, I'm helping to be a voice for my big brother and others who have been wrongfully convicted. We'd like you to take a few moments today and call a just cause where we fight for justice. You can call us toll free at 1-855-529-4252. 
That's 1-855-529-4252. Join with us as we fight for justice and for all big brothers across the land. You can tell a lot about someone by what they spend their money on, their priorities, their concerns, and their motives. Big Pharma says their top priority is research and development. They say that prescription drug costs are so high because they spend so much on research. But the simple truth is nine out of the 10 biggest pharma companies spend 50% more on advertising than they do on research and development. It's true, tens of billions more. The more they spend, the clearer it becomes. Big Pharma's priorities are more ads, more sales, and higher costs to you. It's time for Big Pharma to get their priorities straight. Americans deserve open and honest prescription drug pricing. Let's solve the cost crisis now. Visit CSRXP.org. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio tonight as we are addressing a series of conversations regarding Senator Michael Bennett, a member of Congress representing the state of Colorado in the United States Senate. We, are, we have found that through experience, through direct contact, requesting help, from Senator Bennett, uh, ignored, refused. Uh, but yet we have a number of people who felt compelled to do something about this injustice. You would think that that would fall in the lap of Senator Bennett with an eager uh, attempt to do something. But if actually Sarah can, former retired federal judge, actually Sarah can, wrote five articles in the Huffington Post. This is, again, not a senator, tired federal judge that heard something, that saw something, and it didn't take a long time for him to figure out. Cliff, he could have easily said, well, I don't, I don't really want to get involved. There's an oath that you take it in the, in the, for every member of Congress that's taken. That is to uphold the Constitution and to demand that justice and liberty be for all people. Michael Bennett has failed at that, but let's talk a little bit about H. Lee Serekin, his passion. He sent a letter to the President of the United States. That's how compelled he was. And, and I mean, you have to understand about uh, Judge Serekin. Then the whole time he was on the bench, and this is a uh, former circuit judge, he's also a uh a former appellate judge so this is this is not somebody who just you know spent a few days uh here and there dealing with with um the judicial process this is a judge who you know knows knows the whole political arena knows about justice knows about the law and for him 
to make to uh, write that letter to President Obama. I mean, he had never written asking for clemency from for anybody, anybody ever before, whether they were uh, convicted of a crime and, and he felt they had too much time or whatever. He wrote a letter to the president asking for the clemency for uh, the IRP-5 because he saw that a grave injustice had been done by uh, Judge Christine Arguello up in Denver, Colorado, and the prosecutor, Assistant U.S. Attorney Matthew Kirsch. So how is it that this judge can see that? But then you have uh, the members of Congress, um, you know, in the state of Colorado, Senator Bennett, Lamborn, um, Udall, uh, Cory Gardner. Where is the response from the people who got voted in, who it is your responsibility. A judge such as uh, Judge Ashley Serkin, it is not his responsibility to respond to the public. His position is to carry out the laws as they are written and to ensure that they are uphold uh, justly. The, the senator, the one who was voted in by the people whose responsibility is to make sure that they are represented properly, those are the ones who sit back and and done who uh did absolutely nothing in this situation well the letter that uh sort of retired judge actually sarakin wrote and i'll share some excerpts of that of what he said why this moved him since i joined the petition for clemency for the above named persons and those are the rp5 rp6 at that time because i believe that they would have been acquitted if they were represented by competent counsel. They represented themselves. They probably are innocent. And I suspect that race played a role in their selection for prosecution. The persistent efforts to indict them, their conviction, their unduly harsh sentences, and the refusal to grant them bail pending appeal. I recognize that their convictions were affirmed on appeal and their petition for review denied by the Supreme Court. And that challenging their convictions may not be an appropriate basis for seeking clemency. But listen to this. But I fear a great injustice has been done to them, and I wish to do what I can to undo it. I mean, powerful. That's only a piece of that. And when you look at what Judge Ashley Sarakin did, and then you think, okay, this is a letter written to the president asking for clemency, but you can't get your members of Congress to make a phone Senator call. Bennett, to make a phone call to even get an audience yes. to say what is it that I might be able to do to help you in your situation. Let me at least hear you out before I just completely and thoroughly ignore you. The the response that Judge Ashley Sarakin gave is the response you expect from your member of Congress. That you were, uh, uh, you know, that you helped to vote in, but instead you get a cold shoulder. You uh, you get uh, him ignoring everything that he claimed that he stood for during his election process. That is when you found out how big of a uh, quote unquote politician that Michael Bennett was, because he stood by, watched injustice, and his only his only uh, thought, his only interest was how many votes can I get? And we know that because he said, you aren't, our consti- you aren't my constituent, meaning your vote's not going to matter for me anyway. 
and it's and probably not just votes. Sorry to cut in there. No. It's probably not just votes, but it's probably he knows if if uh, the people that are behind the whole thing that happened to us at the RP6, they have money, and he's not going to get that money to get reelected. So very well, he is a politician, and and it and it just it saddens me that you just can't hear the cry of injustice and have any sort of heart to feel for your the people in your own state. This is not California. This is not Florida or somewhere where it may sound fantastic. This is the truth, and it happened in your state, in Michael Bennett's state. And these congressmen will not even say, you know what, this shouldn't happen here. They don't even say anything. They just are quiet. And they won't at least give you an ear to say, can you just hear us? Hear what happened to us. Can you do anything? They won't even hear you. So, I mean, that's why I'm just – it's just, again, it's, it's an embarrassment to have the representatives that we have in Colorado – to go to Washington and say they speak for the people of Colorado because they don't. And actually, Sarah concludes his, one of his, in this letter to the president. He says, why the executives seem to get a pass for these horrific acts? But somehow, five African Americans and one white are raided, indicted, convicted, receive unduly harsh sentences of 7 to 11 years, denied bail pending appeal, despite no risk of flight, primarily for not paying their corporate bills. <clears throat> I have been in the law for over 60 years. Most of it's been in the courtroom. I have never sought clemency for anyone, but this case certainly seems to deserve it. He says this, if they were guilty, they and their families have been punished enough. Send them home, Mr. President. Justice will be served. So Ashley Serkin goes to the point, and he doesn't, let me make it clear, he doesn't believe they're guilty. He says, if you want to throw that into the, to the ring, they've done enough. They've done enough. And let me be very clear. They're not guilty at all on any level. But to H. Lee Sarek, Federal, H., Federal Judge H. Lee Sarek's point is that if you want to hang your hat on that, the sentences are outrageous. Seven years in July. Seven years. And not one word to Kendrick's point from Michael Bennett, who dreams to be president. At what end? At what end? This is a disgrace. And that's why we talk about on this show, Dennis, all the time. When you go out to the polls, you're not voting for a performer or an actor. You better be voting for the man that you believe has the principles in which you believe in. Vote your conscience. Research your candidate. And find out tonight this is just the beginning of what we do to inform the American people. He'll go up and check out his Hollywood performance. That's what's upcoming. Not the heart of a man. Because if his heart was shown for what it is, they'd empty the town hall out. People wouldn't even come. That's a bit harsh, isn't it? It's a bit truth. We have no apologies for that. How many times are politicians voting in office that you believed them on the campaign trail? They got little Johnny in his arms and giving him a kiss and a high five. 
to give some indication you care about their children and their issues and their plight. But as the men in Florence prison camp, 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 are mistreated, their families, we, we reached out to that office. Can you please get Mr. Banks home? For the death of his sister. They said we can't do that. And we're going to add one on top of it. Let's strip his brother and remove him from the prison. Because he asks questions. About the injustice. We will not remain silent. In this case or any other. We behoove you as listeners. Voters. To do the same. We will continue this discussion. Michael Bennett. The greatest comic act on earth should never be president, and then to be honest, should never be in the U.S. Senate. This is AJC Radio. We'll talk to you next time. Good night. The fundamental question I had is why it ended up in the criminal justice system to begin with. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Even if the allegations were correct, it belonged in the civil system, not in the criminal system. So there's, a, there's an example here of overreach by the prosecutors, uh, I believe, in my opinion. In that case that uh, you're referring to, uh, I just don't even think it belonged in the ju- criminal justice system to begin with. And uh, certainly they shouldn't be two years languishing in prison uh, for, this, uh, for this allegation when, in fact, there a lot of the facts that I know about the case suggest that they should not have been in, in prison. They were traveling as businessmen, respected businessmen, traveling even abroad, uh, yes. and never did, never were an escape risk. And so, why they couldn't be out on bail, or at the very least, handled through some type of electronic monitoring or something? Why they have to be in prison? I have no idea. Well, as uh, retired Judge Sor- Sorokin uh, pointed out when he analyzed the case, you know, when you look at this logically, um, they're basically just saying that they. There, there was no transcript that included that, and so therefore, you know, too bad. You can't get it.